To the root. To the, root. the devil watching, yeah, he always on pursuit. On but Jesus pursuit. is our rock, so we shall not be moved. We, can't be moved. we on a winning team, so we can't lose. We, can't lose. we say facts, cause we hitting y'all with proof. Started from the bottom, now we standing on the roof. Yeah. As God as our witness, we gon' make it to the moon. When you want the truth, the world be hiding it. Hiding. This the real word, we providing it. Providing. We got Ace, BK, Truth, Rick Star. Yeah. And we plan to make a movie like it's Pixar. <laughs> From the plantation yeah. We just trying to save your souls from damnation So if you down with the message Tune in every week so yeah. It will lead you to the message that you seek uh. yeah. It's the real world It's the real world Welcome to the Real World Season 8, Episode 9. Shout out to everybody who's been watching. Shout out to everybody who's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that has helped us to get this far so far. Shout out to everybody that came out to the gala last night. Shout out to the whole Meepo, um, a Haitian <laughs> organization gala. Um, shout out to everybody that has been helping us in the community and helping to grow the community. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself. You already know it's the one and only Ace Urban at Meal 8. Instagram, Ace Urban Eleven. If you ain't no Eleven, by me, you know. The regular. <laughs> <laughs> I need some water. Stay hydrated. Summertime out here. That's true. I I. Yeah. I'm here with my other co-host. Introduce yourself. Hey, it's Camille Hall. You know. I'm. What is it called? The BK Hallways, the Instagram. You know, I'm not doing much on it yet, but we're gonna we're gonna turn up for the summer. I have a feeling it's gonna be a good summer. It's gonna be exciting. <laughs> all right, all right. So we got two special guests with us here today. Tell the people your name and where you're from. Uh, which one first? Hi, my name is Silke. I'm German and I live in New York, Spain, and I'm a coach and a healer. Oh, oh wow. Ger all the way from Germany or all the way from Spain? <laughs> well, German living in Spain. Okay, all the way from Spain. Oh, yeah. So, Spain shout to Spain, now. shout to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We international, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We Espanola. Technology, right? <laughs> we Espanola. All right, right. We got one more special guest. Introduce yourself. She got a nice view, too. Hi, my name is Julianne, and I'm uh, calling in from Bar uh, Sarasota, Florida. Oh, wow. Florida. Florida. Okay, okay. So we got Spain and we got Florida in the house. Yeah. So shout out to everybody who's been watching. Shout out to everybody that followed us on Instagram at The Real World Ministries Inc. on Instagram. The Real World Ministries Inc. on Instagram. Shout out to everybody that subscribed to our YouTube. That's YouTube.com backslash The Real World TV. That's The Real World TV, one word on YouTube. Also check us out on podcasts at Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud, and Pandora. You can also watch us on the Brick Network every Tuesday and Thursday. Go on YouTube and vote for us for the People Choice Award for the Break Network Award Show. Go and vote for us. Just type in the Real Word TV in Google or put the Real Word TV into um, YouTube and vote for us. We have two episodes on there, the Black Matter 
and I forget the other episode. But check us out and vote us um, for this award show coming up, I believe, next month. So shout to y'all. Hey, I'm going on there. We're going to win that award. It's more entertaining, right? So ladies, tell us about yourself. Um, who wants to start? Tell us the real. <laughs> I'll start. Uh, my name is Julianne Bosk, and I wrote a book called How a Mother Took Her First Step on the Moon. Ooh. And because I am a life and career coach, I wanted to help parents be more intentional. So it is a book that gives a piece of advice, and it asks you to journal questions so that you can help your kids in the world mm. a little bit um, because right now there's so much chaos with the pandemic and war and things True. that are happening that I just School wanted shootings. to True. <laughs> a lot True. of shootings help them, help them be parents that can forge ahead of them, be trailblazers for their kids so that they have somewhere to follow ah, so set up, the, set up the blueprint <laughs> yeah. yeah so what was your inspiration for writing this book, your kids? Uh, well, I was turning 50, mm. and I have all three of my kids heading off into the world, mm-hmm. and I was dreading it, and I flipped the switch, and I said, what could I do so that they have no questions if I was not here on the earth? Wow. And I'm hoping that it helps another mother or another father or another aunt or uncle that if they're struggling, they can look at it and not follow my advice but use it and create it to the best that they need it and um and you know you can borrow pieces of advice from people and then put it together what works for you because you know your neighborhood may be different than my neighborhood or um the way you want to serve your dinner if you don't come together and sit to dinner at night you can do it for breakfast i don't know but Mm -hmm. it's ways to kind of document it and put it into the book so that you're Helping your kids navigate all of this craziness that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started it. Wow. <laughs> I like the plan. Nice. The real question that we all want to know is how did you get that green screen to look so <laughs> <laughs> good? <laughs> well, We're ready, Axe. Because that view looked too good. Running on it, walking on it. So I just thought, you know what? What better way to invite you into my living room? I wish this was my living room. I hear but, that. Uh, this is the I wish dream, that was right? my living room. Take, with technology, I feel like I'm there. Right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish you were. I bring you over to see. I got the coffee right there. Yeah. You, I'm, a, I'm a tea guy. I'm a tea guy. <laughs> she looked like the actual person. I want like a tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> This is comedy. <laughs> yeah, Silky, I'm gonna call you Silky. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Silky, but I, I like Silky. It's, it's nice and soft. Yeah. Okay. Silky. So my name is Silky Maria Haas. I'm a healer and a coach, and I actually also deal with crazy situations because I've been helping people for over 20 years with problems in their health, in their relationships, with, with any sort of things, mm-hmm. particularly also with parents and children. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how not to go crazy. So my coaching system oh, is we need her. crazy <laughs> because it's, it's using the crazy situations that is the problem to reclaim your inherent wholeness. Mm, yes. Yeah. You know how we could link both of them together, right? So, hmm. 
Julianne was going through what they call empty nest syndrome, right? Like when your kids leave the home and that could drive you crazy because you're so used to getting up in the morning, getting yourself ready, getting the child ready or children ready, getting them out the door, dropping them off at school, going to work, coming home, getting them ready, putting them to bed and then trying to live your little life in between all that madness. And then when they're gone, it's like, damn, you walk into the empty house. It's like boring. <laughs> so it's like you gotta find something spicy to do. It's like to stop yourself from going crazy. And in a sense, it's like a lot of people started doing a lot of things differently during the corona. So yeah. during the pandemic and lockdown, so they wouldn't go crazy. So what's some things you ladies did so you wouldn't go crazy? Oh, were these projects like started because of corona? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let them tell us mm -hmm. what you guys did so you wouldn't go crazy. Do you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, for me, it, it's very much uh, about an attitude, about accepting the things you cannot change and then yeah, focus totally a lot of energy into changing the things you can change mm. and accepting, you know, being balanced with what you cannot change. Mm. And that's, uh, so I, you know. I have my ambition, so I, in a way, I'm having emptiness too, and I, I just feel I'm living a fulfilled life because my, my child is my mission to, to help a lot of people mm. to be happy and healthier, and mm. fulfilled. Mm. Respect. And you want to hear something? I, I'm very crazy. <laughs> I mixed it up a little bit because mm. I said, you know, if, if I was given a situation where. Um, because we were losing a lot of people. Unfortunately, I had my mother-in-law pass away and some friends that got uh, COVID and um, I changed it up. I created moments um, in the chaos that, um, for example, I did Zoom parties. I got a mariachi band and I got it to go across the street for an 80th lady's birthday. Nice. Um, I did crazy ass Stuff. Of course, you were in Florida. <laughs> the craziest people come from Bronx and Florida. They said Florida was loose. Then, you know, no wonder my daughter's moving to, to New York. <laughs> 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 it's up to you a little bit. But, um, I decided to. It's like What I could control. And so it was about people. And I decided that I wanted to embrace them more. Mm. You know, you get caught up in this hamster wheel of life and you're trying to solve all these things. And sometimes there is no solution. So for me, I just said, I want to enrich people's life while I can. I don't know. We may not have tomorrow. And uh, so I wrote letters to people. When did you write a letter the last time? It's been a long time, I'm sure. So Thanks. I put a stamp on it and I could pop it in the mail. And people, like, I sent out 22 Mother's Day cards to people that, some weren't even mothers. And I just said, because you're an awesome woman and I know you inspire people. So for me, it created calm to put some good back into the world. Mm. I can relate to that. Yeah. For Mother's Day, um, well, the first year of COVID, I drove around and I just gave mother's gifts to rent to people I knew mothers like you know in a sense of my own mom was a little we I sent her away to spa castle with my wife and I went to surprise a couple mothers with some flowers just something simple but that was 2020 you, that creating those memories yeah it it changed them I mean I I have people coming back to me like why why'd you send me that why'd you do that 
it, I think the more you put yourself out there and the more you take that first step, that's why I wrote how a mother took her first step on the moon. Cause you have fear. Like are people going to think I'm weird or are they going to, what are you doing? Gonna wonder, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, why I'm being so nice because we're not prone to being nice. And, no. uh, okay. I want to be nice, but I want to, I want to change things for the better because I don't know, maybe I'm not here tomorrow. And when people look at me and they say, Hey, you know, she wrote a crazy book to help me talk about integrity and what it means to really tell your kids that sometimes things are tough and you gotta be a pain in the butt and hard on them and say, yeah, you didn't do your homework, you lied to me or you didn't do something, Mm -hmm. then you gotta pay the consequence. But at the same time, you know, she got a New York attitude. She got a lot of New York Like, are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I think you. changing up a little bit. I, you know, I had a friend of mine told me because of what I did, she started playing pranks on her kids. So she would freeze the, the milk in her kids' cereal and serve them, like, frozen <laughs> Cheerios with frozen milk. And they would Whoa. just start laughing so hard because... They couldn't go anywhere. What so a surprise. <laughs> That's child abuse. I think. <laughs> 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 starving kids with no breakfast. And breakfast is the most important meal of the day. <laughs> and this is how they got like stuck in <laughs> like this. That's cool. <laughs> They're like, we expected better from you, mom. <laughs> yeah, but they, we must be. Because if the world's chaotic and your mom and your inside your home is calm and fun Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. where you come for your safety and your peace and um, so I think it's important that your kids know that home is where the sanctuary is Mm. Um, and Mm -hmm. you know how a mother took her first step on the moon for me was a way to help my kids kind of navigate the world a little Mm. bit. Speaking of a world view, right? We have Sil- Silka. She's from Germany and she's uh, living yeah. in Spain. So tell us about the different cultures and how that has impacted your world view. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because even though I've been living here for more than 20 years, I mean, you're still a foreigner and you're in a place where there's a lot of coming and going. And I often feel very ashamed of my home country and culture when I see some how some of my compatriots behave here. Mm-hmm. You can relate in New what York. What do you mean? <laughs> and, oh, okay. uh, yeah, just behavior. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but I also feel I'm blessed because you constantly adjust and you constantly need to reflect yourself in this context of so many different cultures coming here. Mm. And I think in a way we're in a paradise because I still feel even though there's a lot of coming and going and a lot of cultures, it's still possible to live together and integrate and exchange. And I, you know, I change languages every hour when I'm with clients. So I wow. have this constant stimulation <laughs> and constant possibility to reflect myself and get to know people in different ways. Oh, you blend in New York perfectly fine. How many languages do you know? I'm fluent in German, English, and Spanish. Mm-hmm. I'm trying my best with Japanese and ooh, Italian ooh. and French, but I wouldn't call myself proficient in those. Oh, wow. 
And did you learn all these languages for work or you learned it on your own for recreational purposes? Hmm. Well, I always liked languages, but obviously I'm born in Germany, then I studied in England, and then I moved to Spain. So it Those was three was fluid, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're from New York, Brooklyn. I don't know if you ever heard of it. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah I, I realized my English is limited because I'm very British oh. and uh, I realized yeah I could do with spending some time in York to get a bit more of a range of vocabulary yeah <laughs> you get a lot of culture yeah, <laughs> but yeah in New York there is a lot of cultures like some people call it the melting pot of the world and they also have like sectioned off different parts of New York. You know, we have, might have Chinatown, Little Italy, you know, yeah. different parts of everywhere. And is it like that overseas as well? Or as in like, are there different cultures and different communities for the different people that live there in Spain that you live now? have different energies and different parts of the islands have also different energies but I think compared to where you live it's not as condensed because there are not so many people living mm. together yeah mm. <laughs> so, there's not much rough scoundrels right? yeah I mean I live in the countryside so here in in this community where I live there is four or five different countries living together mm. Oh, it's like country, country, like farm, or not really? Yeah, I'm, I'm living on a farm with uh, Canadian, yeah. Scottish, American, Hebrew, German. Ah, so you grow your fruit. And Spanish, so. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I respect that. And what about you? Do you live in, in like a city area, or do you live in a more so rural area? Well, uh, because of my husband's job, we moved, we've been married 28 years and I moved 13 times. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I lived in Japan, I lived in Mexico, I lived in Ireland, um, and I picked Sarasota, Florida because um, he originally wanted to be in Tampa, but I came a little bit more south because in Sarasota there is a mix of a lot of different cultures. It's not quite New York, but <laughs> um, like my neighbors uh, are Japanese and I have a German friend neighbor and so there's maybe five or six different nationalities that live around me besides mm. the people from Sarasota, Florida that are, you know, you have Cubans, you have Puerto Ricans, you have, you know, every single Diverse. melting pot, but <laughs> on a smaller scale compared to New York. But I love that because I like to be sitting there and I, I, my husband's from Barcelona, Spain, so I also speak Spanish. And so for me to kind of mix between that, it's comforting. And I like to go and try, you know, something on one day and then the next day go and, you know, try some German food. It's not as like, really great as New York. You guys have these pockets of areas yeah. that you can have like the best Italian food or the best, you yeah. know, Korean food or the best, I don't know, whatever. But I mean, I think we have it on a smaller scale mm. here. So both of you went to Spain. Yeah. Yeah. What a coincidence. She, she's on the <laughs> islands, a little bit more exotic, I would say. My husband's from uh, a little bit north of 
Barcelona in a little town called Calella, but it has this view, so it's similar. And you know, another thing we all have in common, earlier on you guys both said the uh, serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. I, ironically enough, I have that tattered across my chest. So it was like, all of that came full circle. <laughs> wow. Crazy, wow. right? Yeah. Why did you have that put across your chest? What was the inspiration? <laughs> Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. Um, ironically enough, my last year of grad school, um, we had to do clinical practice. So one of the things that we did is we had to sit in on an AA um, meeting and a substance abuse meeting. And at the beginning of, of every meeting, that's the mantra for the meeting. And then they break down these different principles within it. And then they all, it's basically like confession. Like they all testifying about how long they've been clean, the things that they did while they, they, they weren't clean. And whenever they relapse, they talk about it as well. And it's like the fact that they're able to talk about it and hold each other accountable, it was like a healing process. And even they spoke the they spoke about the importance of having a sponsor, someone that's there to help and support you when you need it the most. And I feel like that all ties into everything. So everything in life always comes full circle. Yeah. Definitely. That's definitely true. I like to talk about the substance abuse. Um I saw a ten a, what is it, an like 11 year old on Flatbush smoking? 11 year old? Yes! How 11. You know how old she was? 11? Because they were like this tall and they always talking priests, like, you know, kindergartners, you know, the little art. smoking weed? Yes! What? <laughs> yes! No way. I think it's. I did see a video or something like what? that before. So, what would you do differently if you could go back and tell that kid? Well, as of right now, um, I I made a song um yesterday um too much life you know the hook goes like I've been drinking too much life I've been smoking too much life and it's a vibe but the you raking just say no <laughs> pretty much just trying to say don't overdo it yeah you're eleven what you stressed out about like which, why you need to be so relaxed and <laughs> and I. I you still got a lot of years of life. Yeah, together. like you should be strong. It's that same thing, you know how like you gave flowers to mothers and stuff like that. Yeah. Just giving that knowledge or that gift to that kid yeah. is really important. That's well that's at that time I was. I mean, my my grandfather grew up at like seven in the farm. He was smoking and it wasn't a really big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, they did. Now we kind of know that you know yeah. why do you need to do that at eleven? You're saying it. Yes, so yeah. maybe. Song a little bit more. Maybe. But she's kind of right. It's not. It's nothing new. It's just weird seeing. Seeing it. It's like out yeah. in the open now. And New York is kind of different. It wasn't legal, so it wasn't out in the open. But yeah. now, that was different. They are at McDonald's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's one thing to see it. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like it's one yeah. thing to see it like in a rural or a country area, but to see it in the middle of the city where it's everybody yeah, there. So like, many people. Like the other day, I seen a guy drive by smoking weed in broad daylight. A guy walking his dog smoking his weed. A guy picking up his kid from school smoking weed. So it's like now the kids are exposed to it and they're growing up to it. And maybe yeah. that's how they picked it up from their parents. Most yeah. likely. It usually it's a family thing, I guess, past, you know, they see well, it. I, was, I just went to New Orleans and I was shocked that 
there was a guy on the street and he had the varieties, you know? Oh, like, he was just selling on the corner, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going do that right now. What I, what I think is, is, is knowing that what you, there's not enough like vaping. Like for me, mm. I worry about these kids because I'm seeing these kids like with issues with their lungs and things like that. Mm-hmm. There's not enough information out there. Does that not scare them? <clears throat> yeah, they, they just think it's know. easy. They, they're not thinking that far ahead. No. I know. They well, just well, let me tell you, <laughs> as you get older, things start to sag and Drag. You start to yeah. feel the effects. I only brought it up because um both of you ladies um you have the book about the moon and Silky's talking about healing and I think we need I wanted to hear your ladies' ideas on how to oh the whole thing is about the home. How does the home keep you know the outside influences out? You know how do yeah. I Certain people see you win too much, they, they almost kind of wait, wait for your downfall, or it's like they don't really like that you've been winning for so long. Yeah. They feel a way about that. <laughs> what I, do I wrote a chapter in the book that um, I said, create your own safety zone. Mm-hmm. And um, we had rules about our safety zone and what happened in that. And I, it was kind of a funny story, I will tell you, that you know we had no topic that was untouchable. And my daughter came home mm-hmm. and learned some things at school. And she went to her brother because she said, I need a safety zone meeting. And as a parent, I'm sometimes not a part of those safety zone discussions. And her and her brother had the discussion about it. And they solved the issue. But she knows, or my kids knew, that this house had a safety zone. Um, because you will fall. It's how you rise again after Safe, that fall. Safety zone for what exactly? 
Sorry? Safety zone for what exactly? Is that like to spill um, the beans? Inside the house, I created a safety zone with rules so that um, my kids knew when they came home that everything in this house was was pure discussion. That we talked about everything. Mm. Drugs, sex, what? relationships. Everything at the table, dinner table, and my parents didn't do that with me, but I did because who better to find out knowledge from than yeah. the, the source, your parents who trust you and want you to succeed. Yeah. Um, I think that's a powerful think movement. If right they here. know that home is where you can get answers and you can kind of let it all hang out, um, I, when they do fail, they'll shrug it off and, you know, yeah. I've failed, my kids have failed, my husband's failed, all of us have failed, but... If you know that support network network at home is the stable base, that those are the ones that matter, and mm. not the outside world, I think you're going to be stronger, more dynamic. You're able to kind of meet your dreams that you want compared to, you know, life isn't fair. We're, we're used to that. It ain't fair. From what I hear. So if you have the people that you can depend on and you can create that with your circle of influence, I think you're gonna be stronger out there in the real world. Yeah, yeah. I definitely respect. <laughs> Put it right on the money. I gotta say, Silka, how many children do you have? I have one daughter of 24, and oh. she lives in Tokyo, Japan. Oh wow! Ah. When you were raising her, your daughter, did you have a safety spot in your house, or or safety spot, or safety place where? you and your daughter could speak about the, the sensitive mm -hmm. and difficult topics? Yes, definitely we did that. I didn't have that name. I love, I love the, the wording and, yeah. and the, <laughs> the way you explain it, Juliana. Um, I totally open to whenever she wanted to talk to me because she's just the opposite to what I am in many ways. She just chooses not to talk to me a lot and she created her own safety zone within her friends network and I had to accept that mm. but mm. I think it's more about the attitude and the willingness that whenever she's ready it's just there the non-judgment the the openness the respect the trust mm. and I think this is what it's about it's about the willingness just just to be and to be present and that also includes the willingness if somebody doesn't want to open up. Mm. So how is the conversation with you mothers, with your children, about things like sex and drugs? I was going to say, we're guys. How do we do that when we got daughters? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I gave my husband, there was a Time Magazine article out that said the guys that talk to their daughters more about sex tend to wait longer. They did a huge study on it. I don't know what it is, but nerves. Um, I don't know. I don't know when my daughters chose mm -hmm. what they wanted or when they wanted to. But let me tell you, I sure as heck talked to them about everything under the moon. About it. I, you know, yeah. it's supposed to feel good. It's supposed to be good. But with the right person, that's mm -hmm. what you talk about. Because yeah. then it could feel bad. Them, it's their decision. It's not your decision. Mm -hmm. And uh, but. And if they had questions about weird things, mm -hmm. sure as heck I talked about them. <laughs> um, I gotta get I comfortable. Oh boy, I gotta. You know, it's, 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 it's more comfortable when she comes to you with a problem than before. 
And <laughs> we had a box of questions. There's a game that you can buy at Walmart or something. It had a box of questions. Mm-hmm. And I'll find out the name so I can tell you. But um, I opened it up and it had one question every night at dinner. Mm-hmm. And it created conversations that my kids to this day are like, oh, mom. <laughs> but I will tell you, my, ta- my son told me in high school that... Um, they put all the boys in one room and all the girls in one room and they put an undercover cop in there and shut the doors and slammed the doors and said, you can ask these cops any questions before you go out into the world so that you know. And the cop said, who here, if you got put in jail tonight, would call your parents? And my son said he looked around the room and he was the only one that raised his hand. Wow. That is a testament to what the safety zone does and the discussions. You have to encourage your kids to start having discussions. We, we rely on the news and we rely yeah. on others to Letting do our other people teach you. If you want yeah. your kids to know something, tell them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I love that, Mariana. But I also think it's not just about talking, it's about living your talk. It's mm-hmm. about living that life and, and exposing yourself to diversity and, and modeling the behavior you want your children to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agree. Right. Sometimes it's more about doing what you want them to do rather than just telling them what to do. Walk it like you're talking. Walk it like I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> you talk. Do you think it's hard to have these conversations with boys or with girls when it comes to Both. children? Both. I have twins. Oh, wow. I had oh, you had a boy and a girl, mm-hmm. and they were the same age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I wrote a book in there. Uh, I wrote a chapter in the book as well about uh, when they had sex ed and they started talking about it. And the girls and the boys came out of this class with a, a brown paper bag. And my son said to my daughter, "If I'm to understand women, tell me what's in your bag." And my daughter was like, no, I'm not going to tell you what's in my bag. <laughs> if I'm to like, understand I'm women. <laughs> you know? What was in the bag? A tampon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically they put like deodorant and foot spray in his and they put tampon and, you know, I don't know, whatever, some other girl in there. So it was no big, you know, yeah. magical, miracle thing. But yeah, in it, order to understand the other sex, I think those conversations have, have to happen and you have to let it out as natural as it can be i mean you're gonna laugh about it but yeah. you know i at least you spoke about that, it then yeah. my kid have a problem and then come to me with yeah. i don't know uh pregnancy disease or something like that or pregnancy sorry <laughs> or pregnancy exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> you know i mean i even had that conversation with my daughter you know and i said what if what if that happens what are you gonna do I imagine my conversation would be different. If you come to me pregnant at like, you know, 15, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> what is the problem with her or with yourself? It's <laughs> with myself. Everybody going to have a problem. You know, you know, you know, 15? Like, what, what's going to happen if you're pregnant at 15? What, what are you foregoing? You're going foregoing going out with your friends. You're foregoing yeah. your life to take care of a child because I'm not going to take care of a child. That's mm-hmm. probably what you're going to say, right? Grandma. Grandma. Yeah, grandma. <laughs> grandma may say, I'm not going to take care of a child either. Yeah. Yeah. So, grandma wants to live her best life. You know, <laughs> the little so dose of reality, too, is, you know, how much Healthy. does a kid cost? Do you, do you walk around the store and say, oh, look, diapers cost this much, and 
formula costs this much and, and you can't even get formula. Mm. So, oh, yeah. You know, and <laughs> things. What a time. In the grocery store. That stuff is expensive. Yeah. Your kids are expensive. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely that's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's what people I take advice from both of y'all. I listen. I'm listening. <laughs> y'all know what y'all talking cool. about. When you have your first child, you call us. We're okay. ready for you. I'm, I'm a month away. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Baby girl. Just, if you prepare, there's always going to be something you're not prepared for. Because no matter how much you think about it, you prepare, it's all about Same being that's what life yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And every child is different, so there's no hard and fast rules, and they don't come with instructions. <laughs> Where's the? But you guys are still trying to write the book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're giving. Right. There's a lot of books on that, mm-hmm. on on being a mother, raising children, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think those books help or not really? Mm-hmm. I think they're helpful. Mm-hmm. For me, it's more about working with oneself because there comes a point when you have to just accept the other person for who they are and mm. they have their own experience and as a mother, you can just step back and stop worrying because it doesn't help the child. Mm-hmm. So what you can definitely do is look at yourself and see what resonates with that other person in you. Mm. And I'm very much about healing that inner wound, healing that inner child, knowing that that energy that resonates somehow also feeds back into the other person. I do believe we're not separate. So when something reflects in me and I work on it in me, in a way I'm helping the other person. I learned that this year. <laughs> yeah. I could agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Julia? Um, I think books give you ideas. Mm. Knowledge gives you power. So if you read books and you like something, I think you should try. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, you know, I started when I had twins, I had two. So when you put one down and the other starts crying and you haven't slept, you're exhausted. <laughs> and somebody recommended to me a book called Baby Wise. And I read it and it kind of helped me put the kids on a time schedule. Together. And yeah. until you're in it, it. <laughs> you're, you're like a warrior trying to adapt so i needed some advice so sometimes books help you sometimes podcasts help you sometimes Mm -hmm. videos help you sometimes music helps you (laughs) so i think use the resources that you need to succeed and um i I think every kid is unique and golden and so for me my just my advice is to kind of take what you need and adapt it to what works for you as a parent because there is no perfect solution no perfect formula and it is about you know what what's going on inside them and how they're responding you know one one of my twins is it, they're total yin and yang and so what works for one does not work for the other and mm-hmm. so i agree with my co-host here <laughs> that, that is the that is the truth but you need to grab some knowledge somehow and you know even like I'm telling you, music resonates with one child, whereas the other one, it's it's a no game. You know, she wants to the facts, and so mm-hmm. everybody's different. But I, mm-hmm. I do think you need to collect knowledge to help. What did they choose to do? With you. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pragmatic. It's doing what works. Mm-hmm. And and 
and also making it easy. The thing I would add to it is just if you have somebody giving you advice and it doesn't resonate, you don't, it doesn't strike a bell, it's not going to work. Because children pick up on that. If you're doing something because somebody said, mm. yeah. and you're not really behind it in mm. word and deed, it's, it's just not going to be effective. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would read books, I would listen to podcasts and get as much advice as possible to be inspired. And then it's letting it sink in and see, well, what can I actually put into practice? And then trying it out. Yeah. I approve. Yeah. <laughs> Mother approve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take well, their advice. But you're going to be a great dad, regardless. Yeah. You know? Awesome. So, That's the plan. Every dad and every mom, mm-hmm. it's, you're given a, a gift. You know, and that child is somebody that has a fifty percent of your DNA and fifty percent of your spouse's DNA, DNA or partner's DNA. What a firecracker uh, she's gonna be! You know? <laughs> That's the scary part. Right? <laughs> 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 Watching the mix up, like, mm-hmm. like you had twins, right? Um, so yeah. you got to watch the two different personalities Man, and grow up. <laughs> did they fight a lot, or did they have a lot of differences? Were they like? kids that scheme and came up with pranks or something? Or like, <laughs> no, I wrote, I also wrote a chapter about this. And I had the, it was called crisscross applesauce because I'm huge about communication. So wherever we were, um, if they were fighting, I made them get down, touch their knees, their noses together. And whoever long they were fighting is I would keep their noses together and I would say, work it out. If you can't communicate, you'll never be able to no, talk to each other. My kids now are much older and they talk and they are quite close to each other. So they hated that period. Um, I think one time I did it in the middle of a ball and they were really worried that some of their friends were going to see them. I'm like, I don't care. So, <laughs> so it looked like they were kissing? Nose kissing. Uh, kind of, yeah. yeah. And it's a boy and a girl and talk about, you know, when they're 11 to 13, they do not like it. They got so, pride at that age. <laughs> wow. So, uh, may, may work for you, may not work for you, but my youngest child never did a crisscross applesauce because she saw the two of them and she's like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. I had three, so. Mm-hmm. Was she different uh, from so, the twins? Sorry? Was she different from the twins? Totally. She, um, she always does things kind of one step ahead because she learns from what they the youngest they always taught, do you know and <laughs> she's like well i'm not gonna do it so she does everything a little bit easier mm-hmm. because she realizes where they kind of went a different path so for example she went to college and she was graduating she was you know a junior in college and her brother and sister were stressed their senior year about what they were going to do after college and and uh, she said, oh, no. So she had a job by August of her senior year of college. And so she had a great last year of college and enjoyed every moment and every part of it because she saw how much stress they had. So she was able to maneuver things a little bit differently. And I think, as I said, the crisscross applesauce method may not work for everybody, but with my twins, it nipped it in the bud really yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, so, that's beautiful. And what about you, Silka? How did you discipline your daughter? I think I tried just about everything. <laughs> it, it wasn't so much about disciplining because she just 
by her own nature, she was very, she was a good student. I never had to tell her to study and she was quite responsible mm -hmm. in many ways. Hmm. But she had, as I said, she was very different. So she just had her own way of retreating and found her own friends and then had her own life. And it was very much about me sort of using those moments when she was ready to, to talk and to be open and enjoy those moments and leaving her in her own process and, mm. and respecting that. You raised her in Spain or um, Germany? Yes. Oh, okay. No, that was, that was in, in New York area. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, so me, like I have a four-year-old daughter and like with daughters is different from having sons when it comes to discipline because daddies don't really want to hit their daughters. Like, you don't <laughs> Tap them in the hand, you know? Like, with my daughter, like, the older she gets, like, the more questions she asks about just the world around. And, like, the more rebuncious she, she, she becomes, like, a little bit more sassy. Like, so, like, I see that in her. And when it comes to discipline, I realize with her, I've learned patience. Like, to be very patient when dealing with her. And to be like more delicate with dealing with her, so that's one thing that I could say having a daughter have taught me. I, I agree with you because the way I disciplined my son compared to my daughter was a little bit different, especially my husband, the way he did it. But um, somebody told me early when my kids were young is their eyes are the windows to their soul, mm -hmm. and. So one thing that I adopted was to get down on their level and sit and talk to them, like why they were doing, say they were screaming or something, like sit down and stop what you're doing. And it takes time as a parent, but to sit down and say, why do you need to scream? What's going on? Are you upset? Is there something happening that you, know, you can't control and that you're outbursting or something? But I think getting on that level and having conversations with your kid and treating them like many adults at four years old even, um, I think is healthy because you're teaching them how to not stifle their um, anger or their joyfulness or their teasing or their whatever they're doing, but that you know that that behavior is not appropriate at that time. You know, some people say, oh, you have outside voice or you have an inside voice, mm -hmm. you know, to scream or whatever. Well, sit down and talk to them. Say, is that appropriate voice for inside or is it appropriate voice for outside? I think assume your kids understand. I mean, they're brighter than you think. Yeah. I think. <laughs> no, my kid is um, very smart. And so to have those Ooh. conversations with them, I think it's very powerful <laughs> because you're giving them choice. Mm-hmm. So is the the I mom? I have an idea about getting down to their level. I yeah. I actually have parents. I make them do exercise of seeing the world through the eyes of a child, because mm. they're in a very different space. Their their brain is just you know becoming human in the first seven years. So quite often when a child isn't disciplined, they're just in a different space in themselves and not relating to the environment. So they need time to, to come to themselves and then relate. So when you go into their world and you, you're at their level and you relate to them first before you correct, that's when they open up and then the natural being of wanting to be social and wanting to be part of the group tends to come out. 
Yeah, my daughter was born. Well, not really. She was she was she was born before quarantine, but she came into more of consciousness. I could say she started growing up during quarantine. Like those two years was when she grew up the fastest. But during that time, she was secluded from a lot of people because she was in the home most of the time. Like most of the kids stayed inside for a while, and now that you know. She's outside with all the other little kids and interacting with them and even at school. Like, I see the little personalities where, even when she interacts with them. And a lot of times when you sit back and you watch kids, like the personalities that they have are personalities that they carry into adulthood. It's just like they're just bigger versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, you could look at some adults and you could see the same characteristics and personalities of the kids and them like the same things that they do just on a bigger scale mm-hmm. agreed that's I, why I like I have a piece of advice for you is ignite mm-hmm. that personality mm-hmm. in that child because that's what makes them uniquely them it makes them whole creative and resourceful however they also need to be kind and compassionate towards others and so teach that as well just say when you're sassy I understand that you're trying to be playful or go to McDonald's or whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. But how does Joe feel when you steal his toy and you're sassy about it? Mm-hmm. How do you think he feels? Question them. Give them the authority to understand their behavior may not be appropriate, but she could be a Nobel Prize winner because of huh. her sass. Mm-hmm. Why would you crush that? No, no, no. Look at, well, I don't want to bring it up. Cardi B. <laughs> Look at Cardi B. You, you, know? you guys. There you go. <laughs> do you ladies know who Cardi B is? I do. <laughs> she hip, she hip. <laughs> so what about you, Silka? Do you know who Cardi B is? Uh, no. Oh, oh she didn't make it to Spain. And <laughs> I, I think because uh, the. Uh, Music is a big thing in my house, so we listen to everything in this house. So my do- my daughter wants to go and sing up in Brooklyn, so I hope you guys hear her sing one day. So, oh. so I have a lot of music, all genres in my house. So that's mm-hmm. my party beat. She up to dig, you know. This we got a whole what type of songs does she sing? Uh, well, right now she <coughs> wants to be like Aretha Franklin, and you know she wants so. to be like kind of that kind of music. Oh, but, so so. Um, <laughs> Well, we'll see, but she sings it all. We need because more of that. You have to learn how to sing it all. So, but she likes the uh, the kind of deep jazz soul music. So, so who knows? Beautiful. If I find out where she's singing, I'll let you guys know, and you can come and I'll. Yeah, we could I'll do a collab. Her cup of tea. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. We could but do see, a. I might buy you a drink. So, yeah. Uh, so now you're talking my language. <laughs> yeah, we got the shout ritual. <laughs> yeah. Since both of you ladies are well traveled and we've traveled some as well, um, ladies, tell us um, what's been your favorite place to live and to visit. We'll start with Soka. I think there's a difference between living mm. and visiting. Yeah, big difference. <laughs> I love Japan. I love visiting Japan because it's such a beautiful country. But I'd never want to live there. Why? Mm. 
just because I think as a foreigner it's quite hard, as a woman it's quite hard, the society is very traditional. Oh, mm -hmm. makes sense. And I think deep inside and not very foreigner friendly. Mm -hmm. But they're very polite, it's very clean, it's very a easy wonderful to view. around. And people are incredibly helpful and it feels really, really safe. Mm -hmm. So it's a great place for me to visit, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't want to live there. And I think I'm living, living in Spain is, is pretty good. <laughs> we found home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love my I love my native country. I love visiting it also and visiting yeah, family. I feel the same way about him. The real home is inside me. I realize there is no such thing as the perfect place other than you know where mm. I am feeling at home inside me. Mm. And if I'm good, I can be good anywhere. Spiritual. If I'm not, no place is good enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Gates was quoted as that saying, "If if I could pray there, I could stay there." Mm. <laughs> yeah, nice, mm. I like that. Julian, Julian, Julian or Julie? Right. I don't, I don't Julian. know. Julian, Julian. Okay. I have um, my favorite place to visit and go is uh, Cape Town, South Africa. No. I, I I haven't made the Africa trip yet. Sorry? <laughs> I haven't made the Africa trip yet. I gotta... oh. Ironically, none of us African Americans have been to Africa. The outrage. That's very crazy. She took our family for Christmas one year, so I said, you know, if if I um. If I don't have a tour guide like that, why would you not go? I mean, she showed yeah. me everything and did safari and everything Ooh. there. And it's it's an amazing country. It. Um, my daughter, when we came back from South Africa, cried because she said um, that was the first time she, like, felt one with the earth. Because, like, you know, it's, it's humbling to see a massive giraffe or a or a lion and then at the same time you're like off oh, I want to go on <laughs> Table Mountain there in Cape Town it's just gorgeous so that would be my favorite place to visit and the favorite place for me to live probably was Dublin Ireland because oh. um, people are so kind there mm -hmm. um, I don't think I met one uh, Stush. How do we put it? Ugly person? Mm. I don't know. Like they all, you come in and then they uh, are always like, how are you doing? You know, uh -huh. like, Up they want to know everything about you. Because they they're always drunk, you. right? I talk a lot. Because so. they're drunk? <laughs> the Irish. Well, they, 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 they said it's cold and it's dark in Ireland. And mm. so, you know, if you're not nice, then you, know, you need to leave. You know, I lived there for about two years and I don't know if there's kinder people mm. on the planet. They just, they're jolly and they're happy and they sing and they're joyous and I want to filter that in a little bit more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Do they really drink a lot in, in Ireland or is that a myth? Is that a TV um, thing? They say eating is cheating. <laughs> when you go out and you drink it's like you know how we get appetizers and things like yeah. that they yeah. always say eating is cheating oh you're just supposed to drink first That's... <laughs> yeah you're supposed to just drink the beer oh know? wow oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't put nothing in your belly but drinks <laughs> so yeah I think they do drink but uh, I don't know sometimes it's to stay warm that's why 
invented because it's like thick barley mm-hmm. and it has beer and it's thick dark <laughs> beer to yeah. give you a little bit of meat on your bones. I feel like speaking. My, my, you want to hear something funny? In grad school, we had to do a biopsychosocial and I did it on this family that was suffering from abuse. And ironically enough, <laughs> the father had a drinking problem and they tied it in with his heritage and he tied it in with, oh, I'm Irish, so that's why I drink. <laughs> so I entitled the the paper defining Irish because it was fighting in the home because the father was fighting with the son and abusing the son. Really? Yeah. I don't think all Irish. <laughs> I don't think all Irish are drunks. I'm sure yes that they you know like a nice drink, but I mean I go to Germany and they have tons of beer. I go to Spain Irish and, people drink things and all of that. You go to yeah. Japan and it's. Saki, so you go to Brooklyn, they drink a Hennessy. Trust me, everybody drinks and fight that way. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. no, so everybody drink and fight a lot, especially mm-hmm. us, like in the club. Like when people get drunk, too they, drunk, yeah. they start fighting. It's like too much life, man. <laughs> you know what the Hennessy be doing to people, yeah. That's where kids come from. <laughs> <laughs> so, birth controls, playing bees, <laughs> So, what about you guys to close out? What's been your most favorite place place to visit? Mine's is Rome, man. They got everything I love: pizza, pasta, suits, beer. It's just the vibe. <laughs> Rome. And I, I went to the um, the Coliseum, and it kind of was like ironically like sports you know watching the field and i'm like man this is where it started like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so rome is my place <laughs> oh my favorite place to visit i say spain spain yeah. i haven't gone <laughs> i wouldn't lie spain would be nice you got you got a, you got this beer you know the walking down shirtless to live I wouldn't mind living in Africa, I wouldn't lie. Mm-hmm. Africa? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I'm talking about, like, an island of my own where I own the island. Oh, you want, a, <laughs> you want his own space. Yeah, I want to own my own island. Everybody. Af- Africa is a great place to go on some land, you know? Mm. So that's why I pick Africa. I do want. Who's the guy that's like Virgin Atlantic? Or whatever, I don't know. That's what I'm seeing you as the the African Virgin Atlantic guy that owns his own island. Oh, Richard Bronson. Yeah. Richard, Richard Bronson. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to hold my own land. You know, yeah. Africa's a good spot. Hey, Akon. Akon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he created his own city. <laughs> he got his own spot. I'm about to create my own city in Africa, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he could do it, I could do it. Hey, what about you, man? You didn't tell us your spot. Um. For me, I like I like the places that's in the middle of nowhere. Like I like it. Like when I went to DR, like we stayed on like this 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 compound resort at, at the end of, at, in the nowhere. But I think the place that made that made me feel the most at peace was when I was living in the rainforest in Belize. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot because like I would wake up and there would be like lizards like on the walls, and then I'll go outside and there'll be like birds flying through the house like yeah, it was cool cool. like that's interesting you know and there was like a like a 
it was like a deck where you could sit and then the animals would just come like different Running animals back? yeah like iguanas parrots and stuff like that oh wow and then like the whole time i had a little golf cart so i would drive through the rainforest in the <laughs> golf cart <laughs> the american dollars doubled over there so like I would give pe- people twenty dollars and they'll do Ball anything. All of a sudden, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. They thought I was some famous rapper. I was like, All right. I ain't gonna lie. Rome thought I was a basketball player. They was <laughs> <laughs> ironically enough, we got on the jersey, right? <laughs> I didn't have the jersey. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, <laughs> but to live like if. Like, if I wanted to live, like, the quiet, like, really relaxed life I'm talking about, where, like, everybody's good, like, my kid is grown, maybe married, you know, and I could just go off into the <laughs> sunset, like, like, they knows, like, I I'm done. Peace. <laughs> 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 like, I don't want something like that. You have that. a wooden home? Yeah, like, just peace, bro. Like, <laughs> peace. Like, peace to me is, like... I, I only get peace when I'm on vacation, when I'm able to just wake up at any time, go outside, get food, walk around barefoot, no one knows who I am, and yeah. you just drive around, like, like that's peace, bro, like, I, I like that life, like, but I want to be rich enough where I can switch it between, you know, <laughs> like, like Batman, you know? <laughs> Then you'll be going over to Rome to get your seat space. Yeah. <laughs> the life, right? It exactly. sounds like I'm in the right circle. <laughs> circle of influence. Yeah. Exactly. Got just the, we got the blueprint. <laughs> All right, ladies, closing thoughts? Yeah. Uh, it was fun. We went from parenting techniques to, you know, what to do in a case inside your home to where we're going so thank you for the journey it was fun no problem and where can they find a book at um sorry your book it's uh www.juliannebosk.com j-u-l-i-a-n-n-e-b-o-s-c-h at dot com and why should they buy it because <laughs> i want you to be an intentional parent i want you to strategize you don't go into the grocery store without knowing what you're gonna buy sometimes you're like hey i need milk eggs butter yeah. whatever be an intentional parent it it's a workbook that asks you questions of how you want to help your kids navigate this world men so, and women can buy it or is it yeah. is it a mom it's thing? on amazon as well Me- how a mother took her first step on the moon Oh, so. is it for fathers too? I mean, it's it very awesome. I, <laughs> so. I mean, there's stories in there, and also realize that there's no perfect way of being a parent. Okay. It's, it's to help you and to laugh and enjoy parenting, and not it's not a chore. It's you're being given a gift. Yeah. And Julianne's gonna shoot us the link, so the link will be in the description. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Silka, all the way from Spain, born from Germany, raised in Ireland, no, in England, raised in England, she speaks German, Spanish, English, and she's learning Japanese, Japanese. oh man. I really enjoyed it, I mean, we traveled all the way through all the different countries and realized that without knowing each other, without knowing what we're going to talk about, we had so much together we had so much we had fun together we laughed together we 
we realized that we have similar views on, on addictions, on modeling, on gratitude, on mm -hmm. giving back into life. So I think, you know, if you don't want to go crazy, <laughs> then uh, become whole, become yourself, be yourself and, and do whatever your heart is telling you to do. Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate wow. it. You can find me, you can find me on crazyhealing.eu. Uh -huh. Crazyhealing.eu. That means she's in Europe. That means we international, baby. <laughs> That's where we're going to see you. <laughs> we done took off. <laughs> we done took off. We're in Europe now, baby. Exactly. Last year we did an episode in Vegas. This year we might do one in Europe. We yeah, just yeah, might. Yeah. You never know. We might pull up. You never know. We Maybe. might see you. <laughs> So we thank you all for joining us tonight. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that has supported us to get this far thus far. Shout out to everybody that follows us on Instagram at The Real World Ministries Inc. On Instagram at The Real World Ministries Inc. On Instagram. Facebook.com backslash The Real World 7. That's The Real World 7. The number 7 like Mike Vick. You, or, you, or you can put in The Real World Ministries Inc. On Facebook. The Real World Ministries Inc. On Facebook. Or just Google us. The Real World Ministries Inc. Shout out to all our sponsors. Our corporate sponsors. Our local sponsors. All of our supporters. And all... The love that you supported us with. Shout out to our guests, Julianne and Silka. Julianne all the way yeah. from Florida. Silka all the way from Spain. Shout out to you guys. This is The Real Word. We in Brooklyn. We usually close out with prayers. Any of you ladies want to pray for us? I'd love to. Okay, go ahead. Thank you. I hope that the three of you charge forward. I don't know if the that you all have children, but I know two of you have children and about to have children, um, are blessed with the knowledge and power and love that a father can bring into this earth, a beautiful child that is going to, from the very beginning, do great things with passion and compassion and live a blessed life. Amen. 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 Appreciate. So we thank you for joining us. We thank you for watching. God bless and good night. Take care. Much love. It's the real world. It's the real world.